This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Citizen CEO. Today we continue our conversation with Shana Cosgrove, founder and CEO of Nyla Technology Solutions. Shana chats with us about the importance of philanthropy and volunteerism as part of Nyla's culture and how you might overcome the challenges of attracting top-tier talent in a highly competitive technical market, as well as sharing her insights and inspo about being a business owner. It's pretty evident that philanthropy and volunteerism also very important to you, and it seems as though it was very important to you from the very beginning. Can you talk to us a little bit about your motivation for that? What drives you to be so focused on philanthropy and volunteerism and how you've managed to integrate that through the organization? I guess I think about it in a couple ways. One, I feel that my life is privileged and kind of always has been. And so it is a clear focus that we should give to others and have a clear concentrated time and the power of a team coming together as well, that as a company, we have resources, literally money resources that we can give to others as well as our time and our collective brain. My mother died when I was 30 and I just think if I die tomorrow, who do I want to be and what impact do I want to have? And so I don't want to be like, building this thing so that I can drive a nicer car or have a nicer purse. I want to enrich others' lives and be able to infuse that environment with our company. And then from a um, crafts business perspective, millennials love uh, companies that are very focused on charity and giving. And it's an authentic part. And it's also, I just thought it was like absolutely critical. Like this is who we are. And we don't do it in a way of like a golf tournament. It's truly like hands-on, we're active, and also very personal. We plan certain activities throughout the year, but we really encourage people to do what matters to them and, and then to share that story. Maybe it's a kick in the butt some people need as a reminder, but we're constantly offering philanthropic events versus just writing a check. Right. Well, thank you for sharing your motivation for, for doing that. It's really refreshing to hear I think in GovCon in particular, more than any other industry that I've, I've either been involved with or learned about, we can be very money motivated and money driven, especially in this part of the country where it's really not all that difficult to spin up a GovCon firm and end up with a couple million dollars in contracts in a few years and have some level of success. So it's great and inspiring to hear what really motivates you to ensure that you're giving back and doing well while doing good. As a government contractor, what do you think the top key challenges have been for you in starting and running this business? Well, I work in an environment where the security clearance process makes it extremely difficult to attract talent because they don't really allow for fresh talent to come in easily, which is going to, I think, you know, they're working on addressing it, but slowly but it is going to be a crisis point that they have to figure out. And this is across probably all industries. How do you continue to be secure while still moving forward, right? Security can't prevent anything from happening, but you can't lapse in security as well. So I think that there has to be a balance. So the specific environment I was in, we are also looking for top tier talent, which is often passive. They're afraid to even say that they're looking because then they get deluged with, 
everyone begging them to come to their company. And so they don't even want to say it. So recruiting and trying to get the quality talent on board to build this vision together was definitely the hardest thing. Can you talk a little bit about any strategies that you might have used to help you overcome the the odds and attracting that, that top tier talent with those levels of clearance? Sure. So I, you know, for a lot, I didn't sleep. <laughs> Toss and turn about why, why can't I grow my business? Why doesn't, you know, and I felt like when I would have interviews, ugh, the interviews were so crass. People would be like, I don't even know where I am or who you are. And like, this is how much money I want. And I don't give a crap. And then we started focusing on improving our social media and improving our presence kind of across and telling a little bit more of the story. And I like that. I really liked our Instagram. I like Instagram because it it was, to me, it's a fun, quick snapshot, but we don't have uh, followers really on Instagram. And then I started posting on LinkedIn. And so we had the company posting, but when I personally started posting, the response was very high. And so for us, now we have other people who are on board and are beacons and we have this like energy now. But in the beginning, it was, I think a lot of people are out lurking. And so it was kind of telling this story and letting those people opt in. So we've had people come to us or people hear about us, watch us and then want to join. So I think it's just telling the story, being consistent about who we are. Okay. That's, that's great advice for our listeners. So what advice would you have for your younger self? You're here today, CEO of a very successful company. That didn't happen overnight. If you could go back in time and share something with your younger self, what would that be? I think it would be two things to enjoy the ride more. I think I've always been so concerned with how it will all turn out. I wanted to know like that there is some answer that I'm, you know, climbing some mountain to get to a Buddha to tell me the answer and that I had to come to peace with. I will never know how it's all going to turn out. And I have to have faith in the process. And for so long, I just wanted to know, like, I wanted to know, like, who was I going to marry? And was I going to have kids? You know, like when, when you're single, it's very stressful dating. And especially I was single in my 30s you know, and will I have kids? Will I be married in time to, not that you have to be married, but will I uh, meet someone that I ever truly love? And that was very stressful. And then will this business be worth the work? Because it is an extraordinary amount of work to get a business going and your income dips, which I think most people don't really know how much your income dips and for how long. And so it's actually much harder in the beginning. So as much as you hated being an employee, when you start your business, being an employee looks like, oh God, I'd do anything to go home and not have like six more hours of paperwork to do. And I've never done this stuff before. And you don't even know who could mentor, you know, it's really hard. You know, I had friends be like, of course, it's all going to be okay. But I didn't trust that it will all be okay. And even when the bad things happen, like I've had horrible things happen to me and they really in hindsight turned out for the best. And when you're in it and it's hard and you're at that dip, it is hard to know 
that it all was the twist and turn you needed. But yeah, I just wanted that straight and narrow path and I wanted to like go up some ladder and I wanted it to be easy instead of as challenging of a ride as it has been. And that's not actually what's good for you or where you really need to be. Like there's a reason I never worked at a big company and went up their management ladder because I actually never wanted that, which is like, I'm weird. And that's probably a reason why I'm like an entrepreneur versus having been a consultant for Boston Consulting. I love what you said about the lack of money when you're just starting out, because I think it it really is a huge misconception that when you start out, you land your first big contract or two that you're just rolling in the dough. You know, people see the revenue numbers and they think that that's, that's your income. That's what you, that's what you make. That's really not how it is. Not at all. What advice can you offer our listeners out there who might be thinking of starting their own GovCon firm? I think that they should talk to a lot of people who have done it. You know, go investigate it. I think that if you want to do it, you should do it. I don't think being a business owner does not require, there's no set of skills that you need before you've started. I think the only thing you really need is grit and perseverance. You're going to get kicked down a lot. The shit's going to roll downhill. People are going to talk down to you and, you know, try to put you in your place, whatever, because they work at some big company and they've been in their same job for years and they have no idea what it's like to be like begging for a chance. But you just have to get up and get comfortable trying again. Uh, But yeah, I think it's just you should do it. And if that's what you really want to do and the risk is really low, if you don't like it. You can just go back to, you know, that's that was why I started, too. It was a low investment. And at worst case scenario, I could quit and go back. I think that's kind of unique to this GovCon space. And it was it was also one of the things that helped push me over the edge, knowing that you have these skills that kept you employed for for a number of years that you can lean on should things go wrong. The demand for those skills in in most of our markets are are not going to go away. That's an excellent point. So something that our listeners out there probably don't know about the two of us is that we have something in common. We both work with our husbands. Husbands (laughs) both work in our organizations. Well, my husband works for me. I have to make that very clear. I was trying to be a little gentle about it, but you just put it out there. I like it. He doesn't mind saying that. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about like the positive and negative aspects of, of doing that for anyone out there that might be considering it? I will say (laughs) my husband and I, I am madly in love with him and we are crazy together and we have this crazy dream, but we are high energy and sometimes volatile and pissed and it's, you know, uh, we're tired, right? We have two little kids and he is running at full speed and I'm running at full speed and then I take it up a notch too, because I decided like there was a slight lull and, you know, we could handle more. So it's not always smooth sailing, but when I married him, my gut felt like that we were meant to be together forever. So maybe that's even why our arguments or fighting is like, doesn't even really phase me because we're like rock solid. And so I feel like it's a real blessing because he understands We don't have the exact same focus. So he's focused on cyber 
and I'm really focused on software engineering. So we understand each other's domain and we work with a lot of the same people, but he's kind of got his own network. So we overlap. If you are into Venn diagrams, we overlap. (laughs) So I think that's helpful. And we have a little bit of struggles for power sometimes. Having been a woman who, he was government for a really long time. So I always say, well, you were very comfortable. People listen to you. You'd go in a room and people would listen to you. And I had grown up as a contractor. So I was always told to shut up. And so sometimes I feel like we fight for power from that perspective. But, you know, it's clear that I have the final say. There's not like people kind of reporting to him. But I don't know. I love it. Like we're just so crazy and interested in this and have the same values. And it's exciting to build this for our family and teach our children about business and to have a marriage that's very different. So equal is probably not the right term. It's trade-offs, you know, like who has the most important meeting today? (laughs) It's a constant fight. (laughs) Who's got the more important meeting? So you can deal with our daughter who is horrible to get ready in the morning. But yeah, I just... At the end of the day, I really love being in it with him and and talking about it with him and that we really understand each other. Awesome. It's fun to have your partner on the ride with you Mm -hmm. to be there for all the ups and, and, and downs. So thanks for sharing that. So what's next for you and for Nyla? Well, I did like the first 2020 planning. And one of my main goals for 2020 is to have more fun across the company. So really infusing moments of delight throughout the year. And what does that look like? So one example is I have a fundraiser idea. And this one is actually not going to be a Nyla fundraiser, but it's lawn game Olympics. So instead of, a again, I keep busting on golf tournaments, which are fine and lovely. But I was thinking a beautiful day in May or in June, you know, we go to a park and we've got cornhole and we've got outdoor connect four and we've got all these different three legged races and barbecue. And instead of, um, you know, people paying for supporting a hole, they can support one of these stations. So we're doing that collaboratively with a couple other companies. uh, So it's not a solo effort. And I think that'll be fun. That sounds amazing. I'm so excited. Are you the creative behind all of these fun things that you guys do? That's amazing. I love it. I like wake up in the morning on Saturday and my kids are asleep and I'm just like pounding out these different ideas. And we're going to do uh, internal training for the first time, I call it empowering our workforce who wants to opt in, but we're going to teach our workforce about business development in government contracting. So if you are going to remain a subject matter expert or someone working on contract, but what can you do to help us grow business and learn these different skills of sometimes it's just a lunch with somebody or a follow-up email, but tipping it sort of as a basketball team. So we're going to implement It's six in-person trainings every other month and then like some homework so that they really learn how to do more than just uh, sit on contract. And we're going to have leadership development training. And what else are we doing? Oh, well, this is what I'm super excited about. So this year we had our hackathon for the first time. Nyla is going to be known for a series of four signature events. So in spring, we're going to do Shark Tank. We are going to do outdoor yoga on summer solstice. So summer solstice yoga in the fall, we're going to do TED Talks and then we're going to do a hackathon. And part of that is to bring people together and to feel comfortable 
expressing innovative ideas, articulating them, putting that out there, trying and creating a culture. I feel like I've been saying we're innovative, but I haven't elicited kind of that. And to have fun doing it, right? And to have it be a safe space. Yeah, that kind of like, how do you in a distributed work environment uh, infuse an innovative environment, right? What does right. that actually look like? And how do you create that? So I'm, I'm really excited for those. We have them... We have the logos created and marked down and instead of me dictating it, we're going to have employees, whoever volunteer, plan the events. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, and then revenue wise, we're just going to crush it. <laughs> so That's the easy part. Uh, yeah, I've actually, so I finally like stopped, I've stopped worrying about whether the business is going to make it. I was mm-hmm. so worried. So I'm not worried about that. It's like, it's going to grow up. It's in good soil. And so it's got plenty of sunlight. But yeah, we're hoping to win two contracts this year. And I don't know if we'll do another prime and just keep trying to attract like-minded people and keep the good ones happy. Awesome. Sounds like you have quite the year ahead in 2020. Thanks so much for joining us today on Citizen CEO. Thank you. Many thanks to Shana for sharing her story with us. I don't know about you, but I'm going to start working on that culture manifesto today. She's such an inspiration. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Nyla and their innovative strategies for fostering employee engagement and a culture of philanthropy. Check out the show notes to learn more about our discussion. Thanks for listening.